0: Broadcast system.
1: Welcome to another episode of Hashtag Biz with Beard and Bald. From hairless to shameless, this is business as you've never heard it before. Episode 20 is sponsored by Firstline. At FirstlineFS.com, you will find the premier equipment and maintenance services for your financial institution. Now, buckle up. It's showtime. May God be with you all. we are discussing branding this week. So, no, I am not talking about Felix and Oscar, but instead the boys who bring you the best business podcast out there. It is once again time for Hashtag Biz with Beard and Ball. I am your guest, the man who is bearded, for your pleasure, all the way from Atlanta, Georgia. I am the beard, Mr. Curfee Smith.
0: <laughs>
1: man, you are one pathetic loser. And joining me from the great state of Texas and the city of Houston, is my partner and co-host, the man who's disappointed more women than 50 shades of grade two, the bald Mr. Scott Schaefer.
0: Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. I don't think you've given anybody pleasure in your life. But hey, (laughs) to all the fans out there, I get the shit kicked out of me for an hour every single week, right? So... (laughs) I just want to like disclose right now on the front end of this show, I'm coming with a vengeance this week, and so uh, buckle up, Beardo. I'm gonna whoop your ass today. <laughs> that's all I have to say about that.
2: Uh-huh. I'm loving the love. I'm loving the love, man. So this this is Fifty Shades. So this is Fifty Shades of Smith. Yeah, is that that's right? Right,
1: right? Well, hey, okay.
2: you know what? I'm not worried at all.
1: Your jokes always bomb. In fact, you have more bombs in North Korea. At least they're smart enough not to use theirs. So,
0: well, you know what? Talk, you talk about bombs. Here's a bomb for everybody. I was looking at your profile on LinkedIn, bro. Mm-hmm. Executive coach, CFO, COO, sales and digital marketing leader, blah, 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 video content, marketer, <laughs> podcaster, and, and the best one actor. But really, bro, what everybody wants to know, can you do freaking anything? <laughs> I am the Can Do
2: King. I, I I gotta just jump in. Go ahead, not, that, not that anybody knows what this, who this third voice belongs to yet, because you've not done the introduction. But, but the thing is, this you should add, you should add to your LinkedIn profile, master ventriloquist, because right now, right now, I'm looking at your picture, your lips are not moving, but yet you're talking.
0: <laughs> hey, look, that's awesome. Our guest just pointed out something that you could actually be a master of. <laughs>
1: Don't act
0: like you're
1: not impressed. I am going to do that today. I'm going to do it for one day only. So, But, hey, Scott, you brought up acting, right? Filming and stuff is huge down here in Atlanta, Georgia, right? Well, for most people. No, I mean, it's. I think this year it was rated, uh, I think it, had more, it produced more films and TV shows than any other location outside of, including Hollywood and New York. I so, do believe you are right. Yeah, yeah. So I maybe it'll get you a gig on the set of the hit show Game of Thrones. They're looking for someone to play the part of uh, Peter Dinklage's stand-in.
2: You're feeling strong, my friend? Call me Elf one more time.
0: Somebody bring me the cyanide. <laughs> but but really, bro, since you brought up your acting and your beard, the late yeah. Luke Perry had a beard and sported it well. In fact, I've heard that you could be the next Luke Perry. Nice. Tell me, does that scare you a little bit, that you might uh, leave this life short? Uh-oh. I might be in trouble on that one. (laughs) (laughs) That was tough. Oh,
1: well. Unbelievable. That might be a little too soon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, before we lose every sponsor we have, let's bring on the man we all came here to listen to.
0: You mean that's not me?
1: No, it's not you. So, ladies and gentlemen, and Scott, I bring to you the man who is the expert in how companies become brands, the rebranding expert, the slayer of mundane, the liberator of awesome, a keynote speaker, the author of the Amazon bestseller Brand Intervention that is responsible for one billion in sales. He has been featured in Fast Company, Adweek, Forbes, New York Times, and Inc. From Wisconsin, the man who Damon John from FUBU Clothing and Shark Tank tweets about, Mr. David Breyer. Thank you for joining Hashtag Gentlemen, start your engines. It's
0: gonna be a bumpy f-ing ride.
2: Absolutely. And I'm I'm really glad that you're joining me as well. Hashtag branded dimension. hashtag rising above the noise. There he goes, man.
0: He's <laughs> rocking. Hey, hey David, David, before we go any further, I just realized you and Beard have something in common, bro. If you remove the B in billion, you and <laughs> you and him have had the same amount of sales. One. <laughs> so so he, he he has sold one illion? One
2: illion. No, take
0: away the bill. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. No, no,
2: I got the I got the bill. One. So so one ion. ion I mean, right? If you take away the bill, you're only left with an ion after it.
0: That's true. That's yeah. true. Okay, take the billion away. Okay. <laughs> you're killing me. And I saw your profile pic. I've got set up again. Remember about the uh, bombing
1: of the jokes, right? So.
2: Well, hey, David,
1: I hope the banner between my balding friend and I wasn't too uncomfortable for
2: you. So. Um, you oh no, are- not, not not at all. I mean, I'm I'm just this is to me this is kind of like the the, the battle the battle of different like personal you know facial grooming <laughs> approaches i mean that's that's what i see it's awesome well, you got to understand one thing
1: scott and i have uh, ran around together since high school and college and in fact if you would have told me back in the 90s when we were in college together doing some things we did especially the things he did uh the bald and i would be hosting a popular business podcast interviewing some of the world's most influential people 25 years later i would have thought Scott's still alive in 2019. Yeah, well, yeah see, but you see. know
0: what, Beard? What what Mr. David needs to really understand is what an asshat you were then. And and, and since you've grown your beard, you've rubbed more people the wrong way than Joe Biden. Check, please. Because <laughs> <laughs> seriously, let's talk about what you want to talk about and why people came on to listen to this train wreck. Branding. I want to hear more about branding. I think one of the biggest confusions about branding Um, is what it really is and why people confuse branding with marketing or their logo. So David, please set the record straight. Tell us the difference between branding, marketing, logo, and anything else you want to throw in there.
2: All right. Probably a few different things. So one is, is oftentimes when you're talking to newer, well, actually, it's actually not just limited to newer entrepreneurs or founders or startups or whatever, even those who have been in business for 10, 15, 20 years, Sometimes they'll bring this thing of a br- of branding down to logo, as you've right, ever, as right. you mentioned. That's kind of like saying a car is a tire. Okay. It's not, it's really not complete. Granted, a car has a tire, but it is not a tire. That's not the whole thing. That's one issue. The other issue is this oftentimes businesses focus on sales and they're like oh we got to do sales we got to do marketing da, 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 da. and they ignore the branding part what they fail to appreciate and understand is that branding is the part that builds the relationship that gets you and me engaged in a story that gets you and me a little investment in what this product or service that we're looking at is about what its role in the world that's different a sales sales will not achieve that marketing by itself will not achieve that I almost compare it this way sales is kind of like the conclusion sales is kind of like after you've done the courtship and you've exchanged some wonderful stories and some deep-seated things and then all of a sudden you go hey you want to spend the night that's that's <laughs> see, that's sales everything that led up to that was more on the branding side
1: well I think I kind of find out what Scott struck out so much so
2: <laughs> bro I was a and I was talking ain't. about sales <laughs> oh wow (laughs)
1: well David you say that exceptional brands are not born but they are made so explain that
2: let's look at what well here I'm gonna just give it a context why don't you each tell me what you consider what you personally find like that like here's a brand that really floats my boat what's a brand that resonates with each of you I'm sure you'll have each have different answers but Make sure that these are PG-related products.
0: Nothing bad. <laughs> Hair club for men.
2: Okay. Oh. <laughs> okay. And Kirby. Nike. Nike. Okay. So here's the deal. If you look at those two examples, each of those brands actually have a story. Nike is built. Nike was the first sports gear company it didn't go into the it to just sell. I don't know about what ages you guys are, but put it this way. I, when I was growing up, the popular sneakers were Keds and Converse. Mm-hmm. And then along comes Nike. And they didn't come in and say, Hey, we're the better sneaker. They came in and represented a set of values. Right? In other words, you could be ninety years old and walking two hours a day, or not two hours a day, let's say two miles a day. Or you could be training for the Olympics. And either way, Nike, with its storytelling ability, and then just do it, took us someplace. And even that guy with the hair club for men, even that guy had a story. It wasn't as deep, wasn't as exciting as Nike, but even that guy had a story. It's like, not only that, but I'm a client, too. I mean, everybody seems to remember that little end point. All of a sudden, you know, his thinning hair, all of a sudden you, you were like, wow, man, it even worked for him. So it got us involved. So the thing that ha- the thing that happens is that exceptional brands are going to take you and me on a journey. I mean, look at look at Dollar Shave Club, right? I mean, they broke through so much crap because for decades Gillette and Schick had owned the space and and frankly, they raped the hell out of all of us guys. Right. With you know twenty five dollars, thirty dollars just for like what five cartridges, yeah. and it was not a great product, but they were just they were there was a cash cow for them. But they didn't tell any story. All all of a sudden, along comes these guys, turning you and me, anybody with facial hair who shaves, or has a head and shaves it, whatever whatever <laughs> part of their body they want to shave, I don't care, from the neck up or the neck down, doesn't matter. Bottom line is, is all of a sudden they came in as this voice of rebellion and defiance, and it raised the bar and said, hey, you know what? That's bull crap. And they just you know just dropped f bombs. They did all this shit, and it was awesome. And everybody loved it. It went viral. It went insane. But it was the voice of us. And that would, that's what raised it to the level of exceptional. Right. Great brands are about you and me. They are not about themselves. Mediocre brands, average brands, are going to be about themselves. And let's go back, since obviously I could tell by the banter that, that we were getting into at the start <laughs> of the show. Let's, let's put it in the context of this thing that each of you will at least remember. It's called dating. All right. So here's the thing. With dating, right? If you – I know I think I went on one blind date. Did either of you ever go on a blind date?
0: Yes. Uh, I had one that was deaf once. <laughs> okay. All right. So Good for her. Good for her is
2: right. Now, here's the thing. Mine so <laughs> eyed please. You threw Over yourself here. under the bus on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the deal. So what happens is you go out on a blind date, and and it's like – if that other person is just sitting there and say, hey, really nice to meet you. Now let me tell you all about me. That check cannot come fast enough. Right. <laughs> right. But if that, if you, if you take the same scenario and that person says, hey, really great to meet you. What are your interests? Tell me what you, tell me what fires you up. And they're actually interested in you. And you are sort of the focal point. You're the star of the show. You're interested in hanging out and you'll eat way too much. And you'll order way too many desserts and you'll drink too much, etc. But the bottom line is that's the difference. It's it's the inward versus the outward. The great brands are interested in you and me. We are the freaking heroes and we feel amazing. We don't just learn how amazing that brand is. We learn how amazing we can possibly be with our aspirations. And and then that brand accentuates and amplifies that dream.
0: Well, Uh, as cute as it is for all of us to hear Beard try to talk about things he really has no understanding of, Mr. David, (laughs) can you help him a little here by telling him what it is the first thing I should do if I'm really serious about branding a company or myself? The first thing that you need to do,
2: you need to look, and it's the biggest mistake that companies make, they're like, they're so busy defining their own core values, their own mission, their own this. They're looking inward too much. They're not looking outward enough. So the first thing that you would do, if you're going into a space, you're going to go, okay, how much competition is there? Let's say, let's say the three of us said, you know what? We're like amazing. We're like so cool. We've got more testosterone than the expendables movie, right? <laughs> it's just unbelievable. And what's going to happen is we're going to open up the most amazing killer donut shop. The first thing that we would do is we would say, What's the com- What's the competitive landscape? Landscape like, mm-hmm. are there? It's going to make a big difference in our, in our decisions and what we do if we find that there are twenty other donut shops.
0: Well, hold on, hold on. I'm no expert here, David, but if if the three of us, if you look in the mirror, with all this testosterone, <laughs> are going to go 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 on this journey, I think the first thing we need to do is bring in Frank Thomas.
2: Can I start over again?
0: I mean, maybe Mr. Testosterone himself. But anyway,
2: I, go ahead. I I no, I mean. If Frank wants in, he can give me a call. I'll tell him how much he's gonna have to shell in to actually like you know <laughs> buy in his his shares.
0: Well, yeah, of course, of course.
2: But the thing is, is wouldn't it make an enormous difference if we had we chose our where we're gonna unla- launch this, whether it's gonna be national, whether it's gonna be regional, whether it's gonna be local, a boutique shop or whatever? Wouldn't it make a big difference if we had 50 competitors that were with a lot of noise versus? You know what there's only one other donut shop that right there so you got to assess the noise level that exists in a space Right? right now it's sad at the same time let's say we go you know what there are there's only one donut shop we're gonna kick their ass no problem but here's what you gotta look at what are people having instead of donuts because that would also be part of your competition well they're having bagels and they're having scones and they're having muffins okay cool So the thing is, is you got to look at what's the noise level, because the goal of branding, the reason you do branding is to differentiate. All of us, when we're buying something, we are going to be engaged in recognizing and being able to tell the difference between this thing and that thing. That's going to allow us to make a decision because we don't just sort of go whatever. And And let's be clear about this. But wait, some people, some of your listeners might be saying, "Well, wait a second. I always buy the cheapest." Well, for some consumers, cheapest is the only differentiator be- that that exists because they don't give a shit about the stuff, or all the companies in that space are so lazy they're all doing the same stuff, mm-hmm. right? They're all doing variations, so they're not doing they're not doing a job of differentiating. So you know what happens? What happens is the consumer is going to do the differentiating for them, and that's going to fall right into the category of bam which one's cheaper because I as the consumer I want I, I need to be able to find a clear point of difference and a clear point of difference is value does that make sense
1: absolutely absolutely yeah. I mean yeah Good. you bring some great points I mean one you know target profile know your not just your competition from competition analysis but know what the alternatives are to your uh, market right and I yeah. think that's one I think a lot you're right I think a lot of people miss and uh, you know
2: totally just... and the, and the thing and the thing too is is remember to keep it I really push this on, on all my clients. Keep it real. Don't go overly geek and go like, well, we've looked at the demographic profiles at all women 18 to 22 who have, you know, who have this waistline and blah, blah, blah. I mean, you get so st- – people can get really stupid about it and right. get, like, overly geek. Don't overly geek. It's like, look, if there are mothers – I mean, I'll give you a great example. I mean, just say it. Like, how stupid can this get? Here's a great example. I was – I was con- talking to a dentist and he was raving to me it was just a, a casual discussion he was raving to me about how he got this great deal in this billboard and I look and I looked at this billboard that he was talking about the billboard first of all had way too many words it probably had about like 30 words and if you know anything about billboard design mm-hmm. you know you want to have like three to five words tops tops and you want to have something that's going to captivate people it's gonna be memorable so he has way too many way too many words which means that First of all, no one's gonna ever read it. Second of all, that means the words are gonna be smaller. Third of all, he had a last name, which was the name of his practice, which none of you could pronounce or spell. <laughs> and and then there and then there's his phone number. So I go. So I said to him, I said, now let, wait a second. Aren't the people the, the people who are your potential clients, your patients, aren't they women? He goes, yes. I said, okay, so that's going to take down, because I think he was so excited that they had like 30,000 cars or 40,000, I think it was 40,000 cars a day that drove past the billboard. So he was so excited and impressed by that number. I said, well, half of them, I said, there's got to be women, right? He goes, yes. I said, good. So let's lock that down to 20,000. I said, but actually, it's not only just women, it has to be mothers, right? And he goes, yeah. And I said, okay, so let's figure that it's half of those. So now it's down to 10,000. I said, but in actual fact, they, the mothers have to have kids of a certain age, so that at this, by this point it's down to like 2,000. And then I said, and not only that, on top of that, they're going 55 miles an hour. Do not have a pen, a pen or a pad, or to write with. At which and 55,000, 55 miles an hour to watch this freaking stupid message that is not memorable. That I can't even know how to spell any of it, and I'm supposed to write down the number. And I said maybe one person a day might see this and actually remember it, maybe. And all of a sudden, the lights went on. But that's that that's practical. I didn't get overly geeky, but I was just looking at the practicality. These right. Are people, right. And so just that, people got to be practical.
1: Yeah, No, you're absolutely right. I remember uh, I was meeting with one of my very first clients, potential clients. And uh, exact same thing. They put an ad in this little newspaper in this community and this guy was so proud about it he was talking about it, and i looked at it, and i said well so what and you know like you said i, I was real with him i said listen and i just broke down the numbers i said no one's looking at this your target market's not even in this paper you're not going to get anything from it maybe one who knows um, how was how was the doctors was he mad upset sad
2: well because 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 i don't pre i, I presented very realistically i said look here's the deal Here's the practicality. I, I present it as a very practical exercise. And so I present one point, and then I ask him the question. So I'm including mm-hmm. him in the conversation. If I were just to barrage him and be like a know-it-all, then he'd right. probably hate my guts. But the fact that I included him and I said – and I just asked him. I said, so aren't your patients – I mean, your, your target audience is mo- mothers, right? Women and mothers. He goes, right. So it's kind of like I included him, and as a result of including him – we walked down that path of discovery together, right. and as a result, at the end of that, he was not annoyed at me, he was, but all of a sudden, the world looked a little bit different. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> well, do I need to hire a branding agency to help me with this? And if I do hire a branding agency, what's the
2: most they need, important? They need, to hire, they need to hire me. If they're listening to <laughs> yeah. this right now, if that, that, that's, part, that, that's a contractual thing. If they, if they are thinking about hiring an agency right now, you're to call me, David Breyer, right now. I just want to make that clear but carry on
1: <laughs> what should they ask you David or what should they be looking for from you
2: well here's it's very simple companies too many companies underperform unnecessarily so for example if a company has plateaued on their sales they should absolutely be looking for s- some expertise if they have if they have lost traction due to a few factors such as, Let's say there's cultural sh- a shift and changes, like like a, one very vulnerable space. The technology space is very vulnerable. Apple could come out with something tomorrow that could change the entire landscape and all of a sudden you're out of business, mm-hmm. right? It could be pervasive and all their tens of millions of users around the world, all of a sudden what was amazing last week, all of a sudden is unnecessary tomorrow, right? Things can change. So you need to be consistently aware and attentive as a company and look, are there cultural changes that are happening? And here's the thing that's really can can really erode at any company is a sense of complacency, which is kind of like the 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 less ugly cousin of entitlement. Entitlement is just is the, is a killer. It's like, hey, look, you know, I'm talented, therefore, or we made the best X Y Z, and therefore you therefore shit. Bottom <laughs> line is is embrace the hustle. You got to embrace the hustle. You're not entitled to shit. Your brand isn't entitled to shit. It's, there's no the no company and no service deserves anything. The world doesn't owe you anything because you put in the blood, sweat and tears. Right. That doesn't mean anything. The thing that means is there is this bridge between people outside in, in the world discovering this awesome thing that you've done. Because you know what, all of your competitors, that, you, that all the other companies that are in the space of your space, they are saying how awesomely great they are too. Obviously, you can't all be equally great because that means no one's lying. And you know what? Almost all of you are lying to a certain extent. One of you is going to be freaking amazing. The rest are going to be good, average, shitty, terrible, horrible, nightmarish. And so if they're – but yet if you're all speaking the same language, how the hell is the person out there supposed to be able to tell the difference? Right. By telepathy? No. No. That's why psychic readers don't have like that's not a long term career move to become a psychic reader, right? Yeah, so okay. you know to be a palm reader, it's like come in, come in, yes, come into my dimly lit room. <laughs> you know it doesn't, it doesn't work. So the thing that happens is is if a company's like, look, we reached a point of stagnancy, we reached a point of complacency. We're especially complacency is the other side. You know it's like it's like oh we're cool, we're badass, we're the shit, no one can touch us. You are so vulnerable when you think no one can touch you. Right. Because you have stopped looking, you stopped paying attention. That will crush you, because all of a sudden someone will come along, blindside you, and you're like, "What the hell happened?" And the answer is, you got complacent. So good brands, they have to be attentive. They've always got to be looking. How can we up the? How can we up the game? How do we exceed expectation? And then tomorrow, asking those same questions again and again and again and again. But you got to start with the foundation. That foundation is how you build a brand. And that's, that's, the thing, that's the thing that companies should be looking for when they're looking, are we in our sweet spot? Can people easily tell the difference between us and our competition? Do we sound like our competition? You know, do people get us confused? Here's a great one. Do our salespeople end up – do our salespeople end up actually having to explain and say, no, 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 no. we're not that, we're this? Mm-hmm. What a time suck. Right. <laughs> Right. I mean, it's like, it's like, it's like, so let me say you, you were on a sales call for 45 minutes and 25 of those minutes, you were handling misconceptions of what we weren't before you could actually start talking about what we were and the needs of the customer. Right. Because, Because if they don't have clarity on what you're offering as a brand, whether it's a service or a product, how can you even dial in into what their needs are if they're, if they think that you're, I don't know, matzah as opposed to whole grain bread. Right. Absolutely. So David,
0: you've you've spoken to, I mean, many, many mistakes people make when branding, whether it be complacency, looking outwardly opposed to inwardly, not not sharing value. Um, but what what are some particular traits ex- with the exception of Nike? You already spoken to you know, a few things that they bring to the table. But what are some particular traits of, of an outstanding brand that you can share with our listeners?
2: Outstanding brands are built on values. Let me look, and let's let's look it. let's look at two. And this is a killer one. This is such a pervasive one. This is why this one will just change everyone's mindset. If they really get this concept. Let's look at two brands that everybody knows. Everybody knows Nike. Everybody knows Apple. The interesting thing is when when Steve Jobs came back to Apple um, after he was ousted, then then they bought Next and blah, blah 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 the whole thing, right? Boom. So he's brought back into Apple, and he finds that Apple has spread itself thin. It's lost its vision. It's screwy. So what does he do? He looks at the values. And one of the things that he asked, which very few people know about, one of the things that he asked when he came back was, how do you quickly establish the values and learn about someone or something? And his answer, ask them who their heroes are. And now what's that about? That's about values. So if you look at – and for any of your listeners that are not familiar with it, they, they need to like check this out like as soon as they're done listening to this. They need to just go to YouTube, look up the Think Different ad camp, the, the Think Different TV commercial. I think it's about a minute, minute and a half long. And it's a black and white one. I think it came back out in 96, if I remember, 96, 97. And it's as timeless as the day. And what it did is it showed everyone from Einstein to Bob Dylan, to John Lennon, to Miles Davis, to Picasso, to um, Thomas Edison, to all of these incredible innovators. And what was interesting is it showed them all in black and white, and it talked about the crazy ones, the troublemakers, those who refuse to blend in, right? The, the, basically, like the the the, the square the, the square I'm trying to go into the round the the square peg or the round hole that where it doesn't fit. And it ended with those who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are often times the ones who do. Mm-hmm. And it in in if you look at the actual anatomy of that brilliant commercial. It never showed a computer. All of the people that it showed actually lived before computers were even created. None of those none of those people ever used an Apple computer, but they all subscribed to the value of innovation. Right, wow. And that was the thing, and that was the launch of their whole think different, that was the resurrection, that was the beginning of the ascent to Apple being where it is today. And so, and again, so that you look at that, they didn't say better, better operating system, cooler interface, neater colors, right? That was not their lead, the lead was think different. And then, and then, so that's on the Apple side, on the Nike side, you have just do it. Does it say better synthetic rubber? I mean, you know, it doesn't say that. So they're not, they're not going into pitch mode. They're going into the storytelling mode, the great brands, Will take you and I on a journey. The great brands will tell us a story. They'll engage us, and so that's like the that's one of the great great traits of a great brand. It takes me somewhere. I mean, I just did that for a company that's in in it's a startup in the space of employee selection, which is not sexy. I mean, let's look at let's get real. Wow, employee selection that's a really right. sexy category as far as a profession. No, it's not. But the thing is, is that we took it, and when you see this, I'm, I'm actually going to be sharing an article on this on my blog um the, later this week and it's just killer what we came up with but the slogan what was the slogan because here's the here's the pain point here's how, an example that follows in what I just talked about with Nike and Apple the slogan is no more guessing hmm. because the biggest pain point of the of HR uh, departments in companies is they're always hoping and guessing they're going by gut instinct they have a hunch. Well, the person interviewed nicely. Right. So the thing is, is like just, just that right there. No more guessing. The elimination of the thing that keeps you awake at night. And so that keeps it human. And that's about values. That's about a quality of lifestyle inside the company while you're doing nine to five and after. So you can actually rest easy. Just as an example, does that help?
1: Yeah, that no, totally helps. That's great one. Well, yeah. and that if any if any industry needs help, in my opinion, it's the HR industry. I think it's really gone south. Uh, yeah, how they do select employees. Um, it's oh, yeah. just so computerized, and it's just it's it's a it's a crapshoot anymore. Um, yeah. You got individuals sitting there making decisions. That they don't know what they're reading. They don't know they don't know how to read it. They don't know how to select it, and it's it, it's it's awful. And uh, yeah, that's something we're going to talk about on a future show. Totally. Well, there are three ways a man wears his hair. It's parted, unparted, and like Scott, departed. And is that time of the show <laughs> where, where we depart for a break to listen to some of our sponsors? And when we come back, we'll have David discuss branding and social media. Until then, let's uh, let one of David's former, or former, his favorite songs take us in the break. Uh, here's Uptown Funk by Bruno Mars. Just one for them hood girls, them good girls, straight masterpieces. living it up in the city. Chucks on with Saint Laurent, gotta kiss myself, I'm so pretty I'm too hot, hot uh-huh. damn a police and a fireman, I'm too hot uh-huh. Make a dragon to retire, man, I'm too hot uh-huh. Say my name, you know who I am, I'm too hot Hot uh-huh. damn And my band about that money, break it down Girls hit you, hallelujah Ooh. Girls hit you, hallelujah Back from the break and legendary, world-renowned branding expert David Breyer is with us. As always, my partner Bald Scott Schaefer joins us. By the way, Scott, get a phone book so you can see David and I. Brutal. You guys, uh, are,
2: right? you guys are you guys are you guys are brutal. Right.
1: Well, there's there's billions of people in the world, and I get a Keeler Elf to co-host with me. So.
2: Hey,
0: at least you snack well. <laughs> he looks like a weirdie. But anyway, I'd smack you, but that'd be animal abuse. So can we just please get back to business? Mr. David, what is rebranding? And when is it necessary to cross this path?
2: Here's the deal. Rebranding happens because life happens. Meaning nothing stays the same forever. So sometimes a rebrand is dramatic where the entire name has changed and the entire brand look and feel has changed. And sometimes it's incremental incremental you could look at you know Coca-Cola has been incremental it's been kind of true to its brand the red and the wave etc and even Apple yeah Apple had the apple and it was had the rainbow colors early on then they dodged that to get a get more high tech but it still remained true so that's been more of an evolutionary shift and other brands have gone through major major shifts the reason for a rebrand is you have lost traction You have lost meaning. Your brand is now confused with other things. Great, a great company that would have been a prime example for a rebrand would have been freaking Radio Shack. What the freaking hell is that? (laughs) What value did the name even have? I remember when Radio Shack actually hired one of these really high priced, I mean, I'm talking major. I believe it was a New York-based consultancy, probably spent in excess of a million dollars for a freaking rebrand, and it was the stupidest move. First of all, the design looked like shit. I'm sorry if you're if, you, <laughs> if, if you're out there and you had anything to do with it. That's just the reality. Sorry. That's it. But the thing is, is that the name. What in this day and age, what does Radio Shack mean to you and me? Nothing. So that's a perfect example. They lost relevance. Toys R Us would have been primed for a, a rebrand, not only in terms of, now, Toys R Us, they had great name equity, meaning people recognize the name, great, incredible name recognition. But you know, with freaking Jeffrey the Giraffe or whatever his thing, it's like who gave a shit? Right. So you got, so you got Toys R Us. But the thing that Toys R Us missed during all this change, during Amazon and during all the various changes going on in how people buy, what did what did Toys R Us forget to do? <clears throat> they forgot to change the consumer experience. They could have made Toys R Us spaces into playgrounds for kids to Mm -hmm. discover. They could have made them places for kids to discover the actual toys. And for parents to take pictures, to post on social media of their kids loving those moments, share it, hashtag it. When you hashtag it, you then get certain credits, blah, 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 blah. All of a sudden, it's like the place to bring your kid. It's all of a sudden, So, I mean, it was just so ridiculous that they didn't take advantage of that. So you've got that. Blockbuster Video was another one. It's like, why did it go out of business? You know, let me, because, and, and, and I mean, some might be listening to that. Well, I don't remember that. Well, Google it if you don't remember it. But here's a (laughs) Netflix. but let's look at Netflix. What a brilliant freaking company. Right. But what people forget is Netflix was in the, in the delivery service. They delivered the freaking DVDs to your home. They were an entertainment delivery service before and they have done a beautiful job not only in terms of graphically keeping their brand fresh and their language but also in doing and recognizing the importance of creating original content. So they did. A, they took a very responsible and a very proactive approach to rebranding. They not only did it on the skin, meaning what you and I see out in the world on social media and ads and this and that and the other – but they also, in terms of original content, they right now are the top TV producer of media in the world. Yeah. What do you In think the world. What do you think it's like arrogance,
1: ego, that, where, where people screw up on this, where they need to rebrand? They're like, you know what? We've been doing this for 30 years. We're a you know, multi-billion dollar company, million dollar company. We don't need to rebrand. It, my thought is, you know, that's the perfect time to start looking at things because, like you said, it's not going to be there forever.
2: It's not going to be there forever. And I think, what, I think one of the big big, big, um, things that are the, the factors that are overlooked. We have now we have lifespans of products that go over generations. So generations, what about 20 years? Right. Good. Right. So, okay. So that means that someone who was buying your stuff at 20 is now 40. Another, another, another 20 years. Now they're 60 pretty soon. They're dead. Okay. Now. So the thing is, is how are you going to replenish your relationships? You know, I mean, how are you going to replenish those relationships and continue to be relevant? I mean, that's when you look at some of the brands like the Apple's uh, uh, and other brands and Virgin or another great brand. It keeps itself alive and relevant and meaningful. And that is where that is where it's incredibly you got to always be looking the best. Let's let's be real practical, because I'm sure a lot of your listeners, they all they all they dig either Gary Vaynerchuk or mm-hmm. they dig Tim Ferriss. Or they dig, uh, what, well, what the hell is his name? Mr. School of Greatness. Uh, Lewis Howes uh, or Grant Cardone. So they dig all these. And and people look at that. Now, let's look at those guys who are all very successful, who are multimillionaires. And let's look at the amount of hustle that they do today. Are they resting on their laurels? Hell no. And that and that is where most brands screw up. They think, you know what? We've got a thing that's working, we got a thing, Let, let's just keep on, let's now keep on focusing on the internal uh, operations of this to keep this machine running smooth. Well, that's that's running the machine. That's not keeping it endlessly relevant and dynamic and pivoting as it needs to pivot and evolving as it needs to evolve in on that bridge to the outer world. Because that outer world noise is not going to stay the same. You know, year to year, month to month, day to day, or week to week. It's not going to stay the same. All of a sudden, if someone starts changing, I mean, look at look at Google's ads right now. Google has this whole series of ads right now with, and they're playing the Beatles Help, right? And right. their whole design reminds me of Apple's ads because Apple was the first brand, tech brand, to use popular music and to have minimal, clean, minimal space and design. So, I mean, Google is definitely taking a, page out of the apple playbook as far as a brand and it reminds me of that but it's like well if that's the case now apple couldn't still be doing the same stuff that they used to be doing because then they would all blend in so you got to be paying attention because the landscape is changing the landscape is changing the landscape is freaking changing, changing. Play attention, <laughs> Pay attention people pay attention
0: my HOA pays attention, David. Frick, I got letters because I changed my landscaping. My lord. <laughs>
2: you are so refreshingly left of center. It's like it's <laughs> it's it's fantastic. I love it. Hey, well, it's, speaking of changing, you've been doing this for 36 years, right? Actually, ridiculously enough, I looked at it recently cuz I'm turning a milestone milestone year in my life. 40 freaking years I've been doing this.
1: 40 years. Okay. So you've seen, you were here before the age of social media, and with the introduction of social media, yep. what are some things people need to do, be aware of,
2: and, and or avoid when it comes to their brand in social media? Okay, this is a great question. The thing is, is do not confuse social media with a strategy. Social media is a communication channel. It's like, it's like, you don't walk around and say, hey. I've got mouth and an ear. I got mouth and ears. Therefore, I must have something valuable to say. No, no, that means that you've got ears and a mouth. It doesn't mean that you have anything valuable to say yet. You might have something valuable to say or you might not. So the bottom line is is channels of communication are channels of communication. And too many companies are like, oh, wow, there's IGTV. We're going to crush it because there's IGTV. It's a new social channel. We can, we can now blast and blitz everybody. Or oh wow you know LinkedIn is going to be LinkedIn Live soon. That's going to be amazing. No, it's going to be freaking noisy as shit. It's going to be a lot of right. shit out there because the bottom line is 98 percent of the stuff that's out there is boring, is cliche, is shit, is predictable, right. is un is, is lacks any ingenuity. And, and and this was a lesson I learned from Gary Vee. I remember I was Gary Vee had done this great keynote and he said you know people ask me why do I share so much free stuff, and he and he goes. Because 99% of you are going to do nothing with what I'm talking about, so it's not the liability of me talking; it's the liability of you—the the fact that you're not, not going to do anything with what I'm talking about. You're going to love it. You're going to tweet about it. You're going to share it right. Video, do videos about it. You're going to talk about it. You read articles. Da da da. But you won't do anything about it.
1: Nope. You're so, going to go right back to your desk and do your same old shit. You
0: got it. Same old so, shit. So, David, am I full of shit? Not good. Good. <laughs> I, I, I just noticed about three months ago, Facebook designated me as a storyteller. Is that a good thing then, or what? I mean, I have I have mouth, I have a mouth, I have ears, and we all know that. We can hey, definitely see your so, ears. So does that mean, like, what's the matrix in that shit? Like, hey, I'm a storyteller. Or is it just I didn't fit the hey, you're short, ugly, and bald category? I don't know. I mean, what does that it's, mean?
2: The, the, it, it's not it's not a simple. Arithmetic exercise of like, okay, storyteller good, storyteller bad. It's not like that. It's, I mean, it, it, it goes back to our first question, which is like, how do you tell? You know, what's the first step you take? Which is, you go, okay, well, if there's, you know, 1.5 million storytellers out there, and, you know, in your zip code, well, you're screwed, buddy. So you, so you, all of a sudden you now you now have to be the. What I would do if in that particular case, I'd say, I'm the baldest storyteller that you've ever spoken to. <laughs> You know, in other words, you got to differentiate because that's the thing. Branding is differentiation, right? So you got to. So if there's a big, there's a big, 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 lots of noise. What are, what's the thing that you can narrowly own and be known for? Because that's going to give you the edge. I mean, like right now, we all know. I mean, we know that LinkedIn is having like there's a lot of action and attention on LinkedIn, but yet it seems to be about every third person is a LinkedIn expert.
0: What the hell Mm -hmm. does that mean? You know? So. Hey, so so I'm going to go off course here a little bit, but that's interesting because you used LinkedIn example. I'm going to use the podcast example. Have you all noticed like in the last two weeks, anybody who's ever been anybody on any media platform launched a podcast? Did you notice that? Dr. Phil, everybody on Fox, everybody oh on God. CNN, like just in the last two weeks, there's this huge barrage of launching podcasts. Why is that? Like the timing of it, David. Is there anything? Is it a, I mean, is it a pivot I think, point? Is it transition? Is it the bald and beard are so awesome that, that now everybody <laughs> wants to do this or what? I, I think I think the
2: I think you're underestimating the influence that you two have had on the world. That, <laughs>
0: I think hey, that's hold, hold up. Say that again very slowly. Uh, we need a really good <laughs> clip to promote this, this episode.
2: I think that you two are underestimating the the absolutely unquestionable impact that you have had on the world, on culture and on men worldwide. There you go.
0: Straight from David. Thank you, buddy. (laughs) Wow. I'm speechless. (laughs) And you know, that's hard to get to. (laughs) Well, David, um, many, many people do know this and some of our listeners may not, but um, Shark Tank star and New York times bestseller, Damon John presented you the presidential ambassador for global entrepreneurship medallion yep. can you share with everybody and again um, we know you're a humble dude but uh open up a little bit if you would and tell us why people like damon and, and even others a lot of others believe in you so much
2: um well it's it's very very interesting it's very very interesting it, and 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 i'll tell you i actually was reminded of this kind of how this happens about about a month ago because I reached out to someone in Gary V's circle that I had seen something that that person had done, and I really was, like, moved by it. I was like, wow, this is freaking incredible, man. This is just awesome shit. And um, and so I simply sent this person a message without any expectation back. And I just, was just sort of sent it out saying, you know, I just really appreciate what you've done. And I forgot about it. And about a day or two later, I get this message back, this incredibly gracious, super kind message back. And now we've become talking buddies and we're going to be like, and and this person has my book and it's going to I don't know where it's going to go, but it's going to be very interesting. The reason I mentioned that story is because with Damon, Damon and I got to know each other because at the time early on, this is probably maybe year two of Shark Tank. I'd really been digging the show. My wife and I, would, we would love the show. And I was looking at it, and I was fascinated. As a branding dude, I looked at this, and I was like, what's the hell? Which are the deals that go through? What are the Who are the entrepreneurs that make it through, not only unscathed, but they freaking get a great deal and a great partner? And I started looking at it, and I broke it down. And I so I, I gave my assessment. I came up with four traits that I found that the writers, uh, that, that those presenters and, and people giving the pitch did. And I wrote this article in Fast Company, basically it's something about how to own the room and not get eaten alive, uh, you know, whatever. Blah, blah blah. The four, the four unquestionable traits or whatever the hell I wrote. About two days later, after it published on uh, on Fast Company, Damon, who I did not know, tweets, "This is the best article ever written on Shark Tank. Period. Something like that." Wow. And I was like, "Holy shit!" So I, of course, was like. Man, dude, thank you. And I retweeted it. I'm like, dude, that is freaking badass. Love that. And Damon responded. I mean, I could tell the speed with which he responded, and just the the manner, the what what he said. He's like, absolutely, bro, or whatever the hell he said. And so I said, and I said, man, I said, dude, I said, you know, you should. I said, and uh, once once somebody opens that door, my per, this is what happens for me. I go into overdrive on like. What's possible, right? Not from the standpoint of, okay, how can I get something out of this? How can I like, you know, really just take every freaking squeeze every bit of the of uh, this for me? But like, how can I leverage this? What's possible? This is cool. So I see this opportunity and I go, you know, I start thinking about what what could be done, and I'm like, you know, I really want to do a, an interview with Damon. I think to myself, on you know, and put that on my blog. I think that'll be awesome. So I just, and I started thinking what could be some cool titles for the article. So I start thinking and bang, it hits me. Like freaking badass, just legendary. This is kind of like the shit that you would put on your freaking tombstone. That's how cool it is. <laughs> and so I said, "Damon, you need a you need a you need a um you need a freaking slogan, man. You uh, you need a freaking slogan. You are too freaking cool." He was like, "What, man?" And I said, "A Damon is a girl's best friend." Nice and he was like love it and i was like cool let's do it let's do an interview and i'll use that as a headline he goes i'm all in let's do it and that's how it happened so the thing wow. that so the thing that happens is it's it's a i just want to give you the back the backdrop to this because the question's an interesting question and the the relationships some of the most amazing relationships that i have had have come from a very innocent place of honestly it was something that interested me that I authentically just liked or loved or admired and I shared it. I didn't go in going, oh, this is a good tactic, man. If I do this, then maybe they'll do that. And then if they do this and I'll do that, if this, if that, if this, if that, and then maybe if I'm lucky, then this can happen out as a result of that. You know, it's not a it's not a worked out sort of whole thing. So it's kind of like really from an, it came from an authentic place. Some of the the highest level people that I know, and that admire me, and that endorse me, and that I'm honored to know, came from that place of, you know what, what you're doing is freaking badass, and I'm not looking over my shoulder seeing did you reply, did you like, did you share. I'm not, you know, it's like I just I threw it out, I threw it out, and I threw it out, and that's that's the only thing that I could tell you because when Damon had sent this out of the blue to me, this this medallion and just thanked me for all that i had. i mean it was it was unbelievable i have it right by my desk in an envelope right in right in my book in my power of book power of broke book right by my desk i'm looking at it this very second and I'm, and I'm honored to be one of those i i might be the only possible branding designer dude in america or the world that actually ha- has actually is uh, the proud owner of the presidential medallion i have no clue but you know what it's something I'm willing to speculate about and I'm something I'm willing for all your listeners to wonder, Wow, is David right. possibly the only dude, you know, that actually has been given this? Very possibly. And you know what? When we work together, maybe you'll find out.
0: Well, David, well, David, he, he, relationships don't grow through knowledge, they grow through love.
1: <laughs> well, you're, you're right. I mean, that's what he's done. He's just, you know, he has an opportunity to build a relationship with someone nice and he just does it with no expectation. I mean, if you want to really boil it down, that's what you're doing, right? Yeah. You're, you're building on a great relationship without any expectation. And that's something that, you know, I, I've been fault at before in this past year and last in the past six months, I, you know, I'll go on social media and, you know, I'll see people post stuff and I have, you know, uh, some advice for free that, you know, you normally would charge, just say hey listen you know you want to help your brand out a little bit or you want to help out you know with your post this is what you need to do totally and just look and then i don't expect anything in return and a lot of times i've had an individual i hear here locally sat down with me and he says well you know what do you get out of this i don't know you know nothing i really don't care you know this is great i enjoy our conversations if this helps you out great maybe down the line we have something but i don't expect it
2: that's right that's right yeah and that and, that, and that's and that is the that is the real thing of it. It's very funny, but it is it's. I could probably literally check off each of the people that I like, the people that I know that others look and they go, wow, you know so and so, and you know so and so, and you know so and so, and you know so. You know it's like, well, yeah, and it's like, how'd that happen? And almost every one of them come back to a very innocent. It's it's just an unassuming. I am I am not approaching them because I'll tell you this thing of entitlement that many of us have heard about and talked mm-hmm. about. It, it is a freaking killer. It will yes. suck the life out of everybody. And 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 you can always tell when somebody gives you something and there's this unspoken string attached, and that's called what I call the string of entitlement. It's like you know what? Because you did this gesture, does not mean that I owe you shit. And if you right. think it means that I owe you shit, take it back now.
0: Well, when Damon listens to this, I want him to know straight up right now, Damon, you don't owe me shit. you are one, (laughs) and and I mean this in a completely heterosexual way, Damon, you are one good-looking bald brother. Man, I'm telling you what. I just, that's just it. I don't expect anything, no medallions, no appearances, but, bro, you are the shit. You are the bald, beautiful shit. Ask it, sir! There. (laughs)
2: What? Hey, David, that is that, you, is that is that is so I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I, I'm going to definitely have to take a cold shower after this. This is. A- <laughs> <laughs> well, th- th-
1: there was one LinkedIn post and you liked it. It was a comment I made and, and it was from Gary Vee. He just launched his Empathy Wines. Right. Yep. And he put, I think it was on LinkedIn. I think I was for the post. And he said, I'm going to give away 200 bottles or 100 bottles of free wine. Why do you deserve one? And I thought it was very interesting because I I go, here it comes. It's just what you said, the entitlement. Why do I deserve this wine? And I think think my post I made is like, yeah, I I don't deserve it. I just appreciate what you do and all the information you give. And, you know, if that's enough to give me a bottom line, great. No, it didn't. But, again, I, I thought that. And I looked through all these posts. And everyone's, you know, giving you a grocery list of why they deserve it. The entitlement, entitlement, entitlement. And I'm just like, you know, that's just not me.
2: I don't deserve anything. You know, well, let's, well let's not, let's not take that to an extreme. That's that, that that's ridiculous. You do deserve. <laughs> you do deserve. So you are. Let me put. It, let me rephrase that. You are worthy of of as much as you strive for. Let me let me put right. it in that context. Well, I, and I think you're right. I just
0: don't expect it.
1: Right. Right? right. I'm gonna hustle it. I'm gonna do it myself. If I don't get it, it's, it's no big deal. But I don't expect it that I'm entitled to anything, so. Hey, yep. hey,
0: hey, Beard, it's coming, bro. Your freaking place at the zoo, um, they, 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 it, it's gonna be there. Well, the, the whole key of that, David liked my comment. That was the point. <laughs> oh, well, then I take all that back. That was a freaking, dude, you hit a home run. Like, Bull's freaking <laughs> eye. There you go. Well, I'm glad we clar- clarified all of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I was I just felt a little quiet today. But David, as director of BDB International. D- um, DBD. What'd I say, BDB? Yep. I am so smart. I am so smart. SMART. I mean, SMART. Oh, my God, the dyslexia is coming back. DBD <laughs> International. Yeah, you, 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 did, you did sort of like bald dude,
2: you know, beard. That's what you did. And, and my thing is dancing before dawn dbd got it or don't be dumb
0: oh <laughs> don't be I, a dickhead i won't take that personal or anything nope, don't uh, no, not, not, yeah. anybody in this room all right so don't be dumb international you have a select list of clients throughout the usa internationally outer space freaking underground everywhere right so yep. what are the companies you like to work with most and who is your target profile
2: Wow. Well, let's see. Okay. The companies, the companies that I like, uh, let let me give you some good frame, framework here. The companies that I like to work with best are, first of all, I almost uniformly like 99.9% will work with only the founders, the CEOs, the owners. I do not work with second tier or third tier because they're guessing. They're wondering. They're trying. they, They might be trying to go for, go for political angles or career moves, this, that, the other. And mm-hmm. it does, and it doesn't work. It's just, it's stupid, wasteful, and inefficient.
0: So they the ones who are making the decisions at Toys R Us. So why say what? I said they're the ones that were making all the decisions.
2: Toys R Us. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding, man. No kidding. So what happens is, is so that's one thing. The the size of the company does not matter as much to me as are they are they driven to growth or are do they give it? Do they really give a shit about offering a superior experience and you know just a superior experience to their customer base um i love products i love products and services that are in the space of where there's a lot of there's almost an artisan quality to it meaning that that there's, like the stuff's really been perfected and sometimes that is in the space of you know con- consultancies sometimes it's products that are actually made sometimes it's b2b sometimes it's b2c and by the way i think the whole b2b b2c uh myth is bullshit to me. It's it is really because the bottom line is it's there's a person at the end of every decision. Right. Now that now that person may be making a decision for a company. The person may be making a decision for their household. But the bottom line is there's a person at the end of it. And people respond to stories. I mean, Seth Godin said it best. is like we've moved from you know it's not who who actually markets the best. It's actually who
0: tells the best stories. That's why yeah. I've been designated a storyteller, David. That's what I've been trying to yeah. tell you. Well, you I've been got, designated you got a lot of things. Seth, and you got the Seth Godin bald thing going. So are, are you – do
2: you double – are you – I want to know this. Are you Godin stunt double?
0: Well, we're going to reveal the answer to that amongst other things at a future episode. But just know <laughs> that I listen to you. Every word that you say, not just today, but I follow a lot. And I am going to be the baldest – Dude, storyteller of all time. I love that. See, I love that. You know, uh, it's like it's like, and and your your
2: tagline is gonna be less hair, less wear. <laughs>
0: less hair, less wear. I like that. I wrote that down.
1: <laughs> bill him.
0: <laughs> no, bill the host. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but let's I mean, find but out
1: that, who the host is gonna be. Next but, week so.
2: but but to answer but to answer your question as far as the profile I mean it's it's like I literally work I, I've worked with companies that have been startups and I've worked with companies that, have, that are like you know have whatever 50 million dollar actually one one of my clients uh, you may have seen the video did you see the video like from about two weeks ago where when, uh, Stu Stu from no before no no nope uh, you'll, you'll, you'll it, it's I actually posted it I posted it on the LinkedIn. I posted it in a number of places. The, the key thing is, the, what they did is, in eight years, he went from a startup. I mean, he's close. Stu has been a client of mine for about 25 years now, and I, and the previous company helped explode that, sold that, he became financially independent. After five days, he's bored out of his freaking mind after retirement. So he says, like, that's it. So he does a startup, and this is eight years ago, he they just got a val an evaluation of the company eight hundred and twenty one million dollars. Wow. And he and he says, and it is due to and he goes, Thank you, David Breyer, for giving us the perfect branding. Without that, we would not be here today. And that's an example. You know, they were at a startup point, you know, and that's that's one example. That's in the technology space. But I love solving the problems. I love companies that say, you know what, we are doing something We're creating a product or a service because everyone is lazy, everyone's gotten complacent, everyone's doing the same shit, different day, and we are actually introducing something new. It could be the most amazing chocolates, the most amazing coffees, it could be an amazing retail experience, it could be an amazing B2B, B2C product or service. I don't give a damn. The bottom line is is if you want to shake things up, I love doing that because too many companies – they don't know how to introduce a revolution. They only know how to do an iteration and try and go for some something catchy that they think is going to be meaningful tomorrow. And I, I look at the immediate, medium, and long-term haul to really give the brand a voice that people are going to give a shit about and love. The, the show has just been amazing, David.
1: You have given us so much information. Um, we probably should charge people for this show.
2: I mean, yes. it's it's without, it's been without fantastic. Question without question. I, I want yeah. we'll just go we'll just go even. It's like
0: you know third all the way around, no problem. Yeah. So so wait <laughs> beard wait beard wait beard wait beard. There's something that I had inserted into this that I'm I'm really wanting to know. I know we're long on time, David. So so forgive me, but we all have certain quotes that we live by. Um, and I and
2: I have I have six of them.
0: I know, and I'm going to ask you that, but I'm gonna I'm gonna let our listeners know that don't know what beards is and and it is life is hard. It's harder when you're stupid, <laughs> but, but anyway, go ahead with your six quotes to live by because only beard lives by that. There you go.
2: <laughs> All right. So quote. Number one is branding is the art of differentiation. I cover that very heavily in my book, brand intervention, which if, if your listeners don't own it by now, do not even think of approaching me when you see me in public. I mean just like I, I will I'll, – I'll look at you and I'll just walk away. I mean that will be <laughs> – that just like forget about it because that's – trust me. Your life will be better. Branding is the art of differentiation. The reason that that's important, the reason that that kicks ass is because I found that I had looked up and I typed in Amazon. I typed the word branding and I searched under books on Amazon. And at the time that I did this – this is going back let's say about six years ago. That I over 6,000 and change books came back. Now the most recent thing I did maybe a few months ago, I did the same exercise. Now it's up to like 8,300 books. Bottom line is, I did the math. I think if you read one book per day, it will take you 22 years to read all of those books. Okay? Right. And the thing is, is why are I know one thing I know from being in business is that if there are lots of opinions about any particular topic, that what'll occur is that means that there's a fundamental. Really a core fundamental that is being overlooked, and everyone's trying to put their spin on it. So I came down to instead of 8,000, 8,500, whatever the hell the number is today as far as books, I wanted to bring branding down to its actual what people can use to change how their brands are seen, heard, and understand and engaged with in the world. And that comes down to four words, not 8,300 books. Four words, the art of differentiation. That's my number one. Number two, having awesome brand facts that customers have to search for is like having buried treasure. It's wonderful only if you could find it. Look, the bottom line is, is if people have to dig for your meaning, you're screwed. Unscrew yourself. Descrewify yourself. Get it together. Do not make people search. Trust me, branding is not a telepathic psychic exercise. It's like, uh, Seriously. It's like, how, how badass can you be in the shortest amount of possible amount of time? That's why I do my one minute Wednesdays. People love the one minute Wednesday videos because it's like in 60 seconds, I give you something you can use, all right? Mm-hmm. So having awesome brand facts, some people are obsessed with facts and features. It's like, get off it. You don't need to freaking be in love with yourself. This is not a love yourself festival. This is a love the other person festival and what they love. And if you love them and if you empower them, like it, 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 That comes down to a, a different quote that I actually dropped. Like 18,000 people like freaking love this on uh, – they shared it. It went crazy. And it's like the answer to your problems is not making millions. The answer to your problems is helping millions. That's the sister. Hmm. That's the sister thing to that. So that's I love that. you, Damon. <laughs> and then – Third one, there's a law. If you're using cliches in your branding, you're promoting your category, not your brand. If you are using the same language, the same visuals, the same visual cliches, the same language cliches, the same sound effects cliches, the same humor cliches, the same punchlines, the same promises, the same bullshit, the bottom line is is you are reminding people that, oh, you're a car salesman too. Oh, you're a a hairstylist too. Oh, you're in the technology space too. Blah, 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 blah. You're reminding them of the category, not your brand. Find your voice. Okay, Uh. that's a law. That is like irrefutable. If you're using cliches in your branding, you are promoting your category, not your brand. That's that one. Number four, social media won't save your brand if you have nothing to connect with. Like I talked about a little bit earlier, I said social media is a channel. Don't forget that. It's a freaking channel. Just because you have a phone doesn't mean that you have a great story. I don't know. Were you guys around when fax machines first came out? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Remember, like everyone was like, wow, this is like the parting of the this is like the parting of the of the Red Sea. This is this is unbelievable. Our people can be set free and go home. And the thing is, it's not true. The bottom line is, is the fax machine. It was a device that allowed you to say something. If you had shit to say, you now could get your shit over to someone else faster. That's all it meant. Social media is a channel, and it's a fast channel. If you have shit to say, you now have increased the speed with which you can actually distribute your shit. It doesn't mean that your shit got better. Right. So like that's that. the thing that happens is social media will not save your brand if you have nothing to connect with. Number 5. And this is from Abraham Maslow. I love this quote. When the only tool you have is a hammer, every problem begins to resemble a nail. Too many entrepreneurs, <laughs> too many brands are too busy. It's like, well, if we do if this happens, we do that. And they and, and they're not fluid. A great brand is fluid. A great brand can move. A great brand can know when to shift and zig when others zag and zag when others zig while staying true to itself it doesn't mean it's being reactive but it knows itself well enough to be proactive it's like michael jordan just because he he didn't always just have the same move no. he had he he was he was able he was agile he could move this way he could move that way all under the context of be a badass and that's the thing you need so when you only have the when the only tool you have is a hammer every problem begins to resemble a nail do not Get stuck in a one-solution mindset. Be fluid. Know what you're really about. And the last one, amazing, legendary. Cookie cutters are for baking, not branding. Okay? Love it. Cookie cutters are for baking, not branding. The bottom line is is cookie cutters. That's like the same old shit. Boom, 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 boom. All you're doing is cutting out the same shape and distributing it, distributing it, distributing it. That's me too. You sound like everybody else. You You sound like nothing fresh, nothing new. Our job as brands is to keep people awake. Our job is to actually awaken people from the sort of like, whoa, well, man, oh, well, that's actually like something different, dude. I didn't, right. No one, no, no, no sneakers ever talked that way before. No, no, uh, no Bluetooth speaker has ever spoken that way before. No, this is ever like, how can you shake it up? How can, if you think that you're sounding like uh, your competition, err on the side of the fact that you're right and don't make that mistake.
0: That, that's Did great.
1: My car. <laughs> Well, you know, I sit there thinking, I go, man, should we have said that? Because we don't sound like many other business podcasts out there. But I'm thinking, yeah, who gives a shit? That's why we're doing this. You know, we're not doing it to be everybody else. We're not out there to be another, you know, fly by night. Here, do these ten steps and all this other bullshit. Hey, there's only one
0: dancing bald storyteller. (laughs) I love you, Damon.
1: Well, this has been awesome. It's been fantastic. Is there anything else you want to plug before we let you in uh, this badness? Other than
2: Beard's mouth. Well well <laughs> put it put it this way. If I'm um, serious, I mean if you, if your guys have not gotten their own copies of Brand Intervention, it's like it's like what do I have to do? What do I have to do? Like write you a freaking personal invitation? Just get your own copy and and spring for the hardcover. And it's not because I make I don't I don't make any more money on this shit. It's not about money. It's about the hardcover has better production values. It looks awesome. Do that. And if you have not reached out to me on LinkedIn or even – or subscribed to RisingAboveTheNoise.com, my blog, Rising, R-I-S-I-N-G, RisingAboveTheNoise.com. If you have not done – those are three things that I'm telling you to do. Do that. Get the book and then and write a freaking amazing Amazon review because they are amazing. I, I have more people that tell me I love this. This is amazing. It's changed my life. I said, good. Write a freaking review and then they don't do it. Don't be one of those bozos, okay? <laughs> right. And then, and, and seriously, reach out to me. If you have a brand, if you're kind of like shit, we don't know what to do. We're struggling. We we do have something that authentically is amazing. Don't freaking sit and keep it to yourself. Call me up. Reach out. Let's see what we could do. Let's let's see what trouble we can make. Let's cause a movement, man. The world needs some amazing shit. And if you've done that, if you've done the hard work to create it, do not keep it to yourself. That's stupid. Don't be stupid. Give me a call. Let's talk. Let's figure it out. I love helping companies grow.
0: Call David and become a storyteller. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, man. This has been powerful, David. I I'm man, I, honestly, bro, when you were going through going through your six your six quotes and, and adding, of course, some punches to them, I, I did chill up. Like and I'm not making that up. So thank you for uh, being on today. And obviously it goes without saying, we, we want to have you come back. Oh, and absolutely, man. No, it would be a, blast. It would and be a love, total blast. And I love you, Damon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, well, Hey David, before ball tries to check out than his hairline, we didn't ask one more very important question that we ask at the end of every show. And today beard is up five to four. Okay.
2: okay.
0: Save All your, right. bre- Hey, save, your, save your breath. Chewy you're gonna need it to blow up your uh well we'll leave that up for later but um (laughs) you're right it is that time of the show and i know we went a little bit long but uh david let's just cut to it bro like you're a straight shooter so what's it gonna be beard or bald oh as far as who wins well i mean whether it's the look whether it's the personality well if it was what do you like better beard or bald oh come on man why you gotta jump in like that
2: (laughs) wow man wow beard or bald you know, you know what? You know what? Let me think here. Let me think here. I
0: don't know, but I would be. Seeing you got some vicious. nice
2: facial hair on your. I don't know. I don't know, man. This is this is this is this is freaking tough because you all brought you each brought you each brought a lot to the table, man, in, in totally different ways. Needless to say, we got the rambunctious bald one, and then we got then we <laughs> then, then we got the intellectual bearded one. So it's kind of like it's kind of like. You know, hipster meets mobster. I mean that's well, cool. where did you
0: get the medallion from? The beautiful bald <laughs> <Paul> brother himself. <laughs> David's got some
1: great facial hair, so don't forget that.
0: You yeah, know, I mean man, I, don't, his globe. I mean, he,
2: here's here's my answer. Here's my answer. Hipster meets mobster. That's your monikers. That is my answer. I'm sticking with that. That's my freaking answer, dude. Yes. <laughs> The mic has been dropped. <laughs> Did he
1: leave? Did he walk away?
0: <laughs> Holy moly! We just changed the name of our podcast, friends.
1: I know, right? It's
2: the hipster meets mobster podcast. I like it. I love it. I love oh. it. Shit, it's like and your and your tagline. Your tagline is from shiny to sublimy. <laughs> Oh,
0: I don't this think we're is... going to get a
1: straight answer beard. No, we're not. That's all right. That means I'm still in the lead. So I'll take that. Well, in of course that's all right. with you.
0: Let's have Damon. Hey, let's, let's get Damon on the phone to make the, make the final vote. <laughs> when and you, schedule
2: when, him later. When, when you, when you drop this, I'm I'm going to share it with Damon and I'm going to say, okay, D, I'm going to say, okay, D. Cause that's what we call each other. We call each other yeah. D it's like, yo, D. And so I'm going to, I'm just going to say, yo, D. They ask the question, and 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 you're getting you're getting some real you're getting some real like uh real shiny love coming coming at you at the end of the show. <laughs> I'll take so, that.
0: I'll take that. That's better. Know, that's better than a vote. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: I love it. I love it. From from hipster to mobster, from you know, well, no the, the hipster and the mobster, from shiny to sublimey. Shit, man.
1: Shiny to sublimey. That's, I love it. That's awesome. I love it. I love you, man. Thanks for coming on. This has been phenomenal. This has probably been the, I know I say it a lot, but this has been the most informative show we've had. And uh, I hope everyone listens to this show. And before we go, I just want to remind everyone to subscribe at anchor.fm biz with beard involved, and then share it with your friends on all your social media pages.
0: Hey, don't forget everybody. Seriously, while you're out there, if you want to feature you or your business by sponsoring a current past or future episode um, all you got to have to do is hit listener support and we can feature you or your business with a promo promo video ahead of the episode as well as shout outs during the recording of the show.
1: Dave, thanks again for joining us today. Is there anything else you want to add before we go?
2: No, I just I love it. I think you guys are great and I had a ball <laughs> and um, and hey, I I just I do want every one of your listeners go into action. If you if you listen yeah. to this and if you if do not do this. Do not go wow. I now listened to my third podcast today. Let me listen to four more. Stop listening. Get the freaking work. Get some shit done. Change the world. Come
0: on. Amen. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm fired up. Let's get this shit over with. I got stuff to do.
1: <laughs> uh, well, there you have it, friends. Another show is show's in the books, but never fear. Beard and Bald will always be here. So until next time. Same bald head, same beard channels. Good afternoon and thank you for listening to Hashtag Biz with Beard and Bald. Remember, every genius idea starts with the stroke of a beard. Have a successful day. Hey, Hashtag Biz with Beard and Bald fans. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. It was brought to you by ACS Executives. Let me ask you something. As an entrepreneur or business owner, are you tired of struggling with running your business? Do you feel you could drive more revenue, improve your profits, and run more efficiently if you had a little help? Well, you are not alone, and there is a solution for you. Like many small businesses, as the owner, you wear a lot of hats, and why wouldn't you? You started this thing, so you were very careful and particular about it. Well, at ACX Executives, we do a deep dive into your business to help your business grow revenues, improve profits, acquire capital, and run more efficiently. We just don't point out problems. We help you resolve them through our family of companies and the solutions they provide. We share some of the best practices and processes and coach you and your team through them. Our suite of quality products and services will help you get there quickly and smoothly that's how we ensure your success so visit us at acsexec.com or call us at 1-800-495-6505 and schedule a free 30-minute consulting assessment have a successful day and we hope you enjoy today's episode of hashtag Biz with Beard and Bald.